Hello and welcome to this episode of the Young and Free podcast. I feel so grateful and happy and all of the good vibes to be introducing you to the one and only Tara Bliss in this episode. So it was really fun talking with Tara. Um, We went back into her childhood um, and spoke about her rebellion and curiosity at that age. We went through her teenage years. We spoke about we spoke about the party girl stage <laughs> um, and Tara's discovery of herself over this time. It was really interesting diving deep in regards to personal power and personal boundaries and how Tara is able to own her own behaviours and transition between different states at different points in time. I'm excited for you to hear more about that. And one of the things that resonated with me most about this episode is following what feels really good for you even if it feels scary even if you don't even know where this is going to lead you but just taking that next step towards what your heart is pulling you to do so in this episode we unpack rebellion courage boundaries Tara talks about her experiences with travel. I talk about my experiences with travel, about business, about community. We jam on that. So if you are curious about curiosity, if you are curious about how you can maintain strong boundaries that serve you and just straight up own your own personal power like a total badass, then this episode is for you and I can't wait for you to dive in to this wonderful episode with the one and only Tara Bliss. Enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome to the next installment of the Young and Free podcast. Today, I'm super excited because we have a very special guest, an important mentor in my life, Tara Bliss, on the call with us. So Tara, she's a best-selling author. She's a seven-figure business owner, the founder of the Rebels of Light program, which I'm going to make sure that she chats to us about. And she has a massive vision to awaken women on a mission to creating a life that they love, looking at things like the courage that they're taking, the amount of creativity in their lives and doing that, kind of bringing in the collaborative leadership that us as women need to really thrive. And so welcome, welcome Tara. Thanks beautiful woman. Thanks for having having with me. Thanks for having with me. Thanks for having me here to play with you on your potty. What an honour. 
And that's another thing that I love about Tara. She's totally real and authentic and she stuffs things up just like me. <laughs> All the time. All the time. Yeah. yeah. Keeping it real up in here. Keeping it real. So that's what we're going to be doing on today's podcast, Keeping It Real. Um, there's some stuff that I really want to find out about Tara's journey to where she is today. Um, mm -hmm. But I also have some questions that came in through my Instagram stories uh, oh, from cool. a couple of different people. So it'll be cool to dive into those as well. Yeah, but how exciting. In keeping things real and raw and authentic, I want us to take things back to before... Mm -hmm to before the Tara bliss that we all know and love today, to mm -hmm. little Tara, little Tara <laughs> playing around in the backyard. Um, can you take us back to then? Because I'm sure like in, in what you talk about these days, you talk a lot about rebelling. Now, did mm -hmm. that reflect itself when you were younger as well? It's mm. a good question. Always, yes, um, but always in the spirit of curiosity. I didn't start rebelling without a cause until I was in my teenage years and I went for it then, you know, it was like total anarchy and chaos. Uh, but as a little girl, oh, so nice. I really love tapping into that energy because it's, you know, I think that soul quality or that soul essence that makes us who we are that to me, it's almost like that's the part of us that remains unchanged. So when I think back to five, six, seven-year-old Tara, I don't feel any different. There's a part of me that feels no different. Do you know what I mean? So it's like tapping into the qualities of our soul, of our particular unique soul that we bring into this incarnation. And for me, very curious child, um, very wide-eyed um, very, very suspicious of authority, naturally suspicious. Like, why? Why? Why is that the rule? Why are you the boss? Because I'm a human. I'm smaller than you, but I'm a human. And pretty soon I'm going to be bigger than you because I'm going through a growth spurt and I know I'm going to be tall. You know, it's like, I just had this sense of, um, curiosity against the, the systems and the framework. Like I always had a real sense of what was unfair and unjust. And I remember being, a, as a little girl, that tearing me apart a little bit. Like right here, I'm looking at a journal, um, my journal, and I had a really beautiful little session in there this morning. And that's the only way I could make sense of a lot of things as a, as a little girl, because sometimes I feel really sorry for all of our parents, like the parents of this generation, because I think we were a lot to handle as children, like because we were so curious and we were so like, why is this the way that it is? And I need answers and I'm not satisfied with the answers that you're giving me. And because I couldn't get those answers from my caretakers or from my community, I, um, I turned towards my journal and I turned towards writing poems and um, songs, <laughs> so dramatic, but I went within. I went, I went within and, and then it's so interesting because as you approach your, gosh, being a teenage girl is just such hard work. I mean, 
if I think about having a teenage daughter and I'm like, I feel so tired in advance because I remember it's such hard work being a teenage girl. I can't speak for everyone, but freaking hell, you know, not a time in my life that, um, that I would be in any hurry to repeat, let's say that. Um, and that's when so much influence comes in and it's nothing compared to these days. I'm going off on a tangent. This is what I do. You know that. But these, these days, I mean, oh, these days, teenage girls, oh, it's like they are, the, they are the courageous souls that have come in that are navigating the landscape of what it means to be a human today as a teenage girl. But even back then for us, it's like vulnerable to comparison vulnerable and, and we continue to be vulnerable vulnerable to people's ideals and again because I wasn't finding the answers from my caretakers or from my community or from the school system or really from it like I just was so unsatisfied generally then I just went down that whole rabbit hole of very typical rebellion you know very unproductive rebellion you know, you know the trick, you know, alcohol, drugs, bad attitude, all of that. And that kind of brought me on a 360 back into this isn't working, this is not my path, this is not in alignment for me. So that brought me back into my centre, back into the writing, back into the exploring. Um, so that's, that's one way for me to answer your question, honey, just insatiably curious, divinely dissatisfied. Um, hungry, but hungry for life. Yeah. And do you think that through what you were saying then about how, you know, you went through the alcohol, the drugs, that kind of party girl stage that I feel like very prevalent. <laughs> Hands up. Uh. Um, I feel like it's almost... It's almost like a rite of passage, but it brings us back to what we do actually value and who we are actually supposed to be because we realize eventually that that's not for us. And totally wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, do you feel like you can connect the dots through your life that's kind of led you to where you are now? I can totally connect the dots and I can totally see exactly why I made those de those decisions because I understand now what I was seeking and the only reason that I understand now what, why I was seeking is because I've truly un unearthed that within myself the last kind of seven to eight years. Like, you know, for me to be able to look in the eyes of a man now and to be present and to, like, express my love i didn't used to be able to do that without affecting my state like without being inebriated without loosening my own inhibitions you know so it's like all of those all of those roads of typical unproductive rebellion i was trying to i was trying to reach for something that i didn't feel or know i had within myself because we are not taught as humans from our caretakers generally and our community about presence. Um, we're not taught about the anatomy of courage and, and we're not taught when we're growing up really gen generally and genuinely about that anatomy of the comfort zone. 
that it's okay to be uncomfortable, that it's okay to be bored, that it's okay to feel afraid. No. Our parents were so uncomfortable with, that, with us feeling that way that they would either try and keep us busy or distracted or they would try and heal their wounds through us. It's, just, it's very complicated and full compassion. Like I fully understand. I fully understand. Um, but I didn't know that I had sensuality within me. I thought I needed to get high to feel that, right? I didn't know I had playfulness within me. I didn't, I thought I needed to be at a festival or to, or for the music to be really loud or for it to be 2am for me to access that. I thought I needed something outside of myself to get there. And what has been so beautiful throughout this whole journey of more conscious rebellion, which is to say leaving myself behind in order to be who I can really be in this world and really owning who I am is that everything that I was looking for, all those highs that I experienced, I can do that in my morning meditation. I've already done it today. Like I've cried, I cried tears this morning in my meditation because I felt so ecstatic in my body. You know, the connections, I think a lot of what fuels the party girl. And by the way, some people might say that they're totally, absolutely happy in that. And so this is not about making anything wrong at all but what drove a lot of my behavior was a real longing to belong and so I was longing to belong in communities that weren't for my highest good that didn't reflect my light so I was trying to be a part of something that wasn't good for me and so what's really beautiful now because I'm in a different space and I have these these high standards for my own wellness and my, my own emotional health is that I know what it's like to connect genuinely with people as you do too, because you're in this world and you're making these decisions as well. So it's definitely been a journey of looking back, connecting the dots, owning every part of that journey, offering all of those parts of my inner selves, full compassion and just straight up nonstop fucking love for all those choices you made because I get it. And, and now I get to reconcile all of that and tie up the loop on all of that and be like, okay, that was kind of karmic, but that's done. And now what? Now, now that I don't need those things to, to achieve that or to feel that, to feel free, which is what I was after, oh, what's possible now? Mm. Yeah. And it's like, how does it get even better than this? That's one of the quotes that I love from Peter Kelly. How does it get any better than this? <laughs> yeah, totally. And... And what future am I creating right now? You know, like I love, I, I, I'm quite a futuristic thinker and feeler and creator. And that whole idea, like a 10 year plan will never work for me because I think we're moving too fast these days to, to even be able to work with a 10 year plan. And it's just not in alignment for me. But the fact that I have no idea what's possible for me or you, that's pretty exciting to me. Mm. Yeah. It's so exciting. And I feel like it's almost, like we come back to a remembering of like the pure essence of who we are and it's just like taking back all of those layers that we've kind of um through society and growing up and expectations and we put on all of these jackets like over time at high school um trying to fit in all of those things and then we try and take off some of those jackets with the alcohol and you know hiding who we are 
it's like we yeah. that's when we put the hood on we put the hood over the top <laughs> but really we're trying to like be free of yeah. it all but it's like yeah. when you come back to that remembering of who you are you're actually stripping off those jackets and you know you talking about trying to connect with people before through you know putting on your alcohol blanket <laughs> um but it's like now you're finding that really high level of connection with people, but it's when you're really stripping back those layers and really, it's like you're magnetic. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Our identity is a funny thing. And when you realize that the whole way that you identify with yourself and as yourself in the world is kind of a lie or that it's just not in alignment with you, that, that's really confronting. And so, yeah, you, you start stripping off and then you feel naked and that's uncomfortable, right? But then the more that you commit to that, it's like you're simultaneously stripping off and just filling up. Stripping off and filling up with like your ultimate soul's essence. Like that's the only way I know how to describe it. And so it's this real, can feel like you're traveling along a very lonely path because oftentimes when you're going through this, you're not accompanied by your friends you have to go out and seek new connections, but you can feel so lonely in the identity sense of the world, in, of the word, but you're coming home. And to know that you have your own back during that process is one of the most comforting things you'll ever do to be like, hey, I got me, mm. I got me. And I think that that's a great act of rebellion in this world, for sure. It's like, I have got me, I'm unsure and I'm scared. And I'm grieving all these little things that I've reached for in the past that have, you know, buffered my emotion. But for the first time ever, I've got me, got my back. Yeah. And I feel like for me recently, um, September, October, I went over to the US for two months and I went by myself. Like I was with some friends for a week or two. I got to go to the doTERRA convention, which was epic. So much fun. Um, yeah. But... Then the other, like the pretty much two months was just be me by myself. And through doing that, I actually learnt a lot about myself and my ability to bounce back and the fact that I do have my back 100% and whatever situation, like, and when I have zero assistance around me and it's just me standing there trying to deal with this thing that's happening, like... Mm. I've got this. And so yeah, when I got back from America and people were asking me like, Oh, so how was it? And I was like, you know, <laughs> the, the, the biggest thing that I learned was just that I've got this. Yeah. You can't quantify trips like that. I had very similar when I was in Europe um, last year. People were like, how was Europe? And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? How was Europe? It's like, I, I, I met myself on a deeper level than ever. It's like there was Europe and then there was me. Like, I don't even know how to, just, how to describe that trip. Like, oh, I love, I love the metaphor innate in traveling, you know, because I remember back then too, like traveling, like hemisphere to hemisphere, snowboarding, right, just chasing winters, which to Sounds totally miserable to me now. I mean, I love snowboarding, but really chasing winters. I mean, think about that as a metaphor. Mm. Just think about that for a second. Like, no light, just keep it dark. Like, let's just keep all these layers on my body constantly. 
you know, really interesting, but it was like one hemisphere to the other, where are we going to move? And we'd move somewhere. And then I'd be thinking, okay, so where, where are we going to move in four or five months? Um, and so we can even use that as a means to get away from ourselves, but then travel as a, as an act of self-actualization through the process of getting reverent with other cultures and other landscapes and the earth. Oh, I love, I love. And that's why I love about our generation too. It's such a priority for so many of us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you're talking about, um, you know, your journey snowboarding, um, what ages are you talking about there? That is uh, 22 to, well, really, I mean, the last time I snowboarded was um, 12 months ago. So, you know, it's always there, but I was doing it um, for five years. I was doing it consistently. So Mm. back-to-back winters. And then where did the bungee jumping fit into that? (laughs) That was when I was living in Queenstown. Uh, I did a season there. Actually, I, I stayed for the summer that year which wasn't that much of a summer. And that's where I taught people how to bungee jump. That was mm. pretty wild. That was fun. And so what could that be a metaphor for? <laughs> it, let me stand here in front of you now and teach you how to take the leap mm. into your life. It's almost like I started teaching that before I was really doing that myself. You know, um, I had to harness people up and as they were standing there in front of me in a, in a panic attack, look them in the eye and convince them to swan dive into 134 metres of open space. You know, like don't fall off the ledge, purposely dive uh, with your chest forward and your eyes open. And so, you know, you've heard me talk about this a lot of, over the years, but um, that's so innate in what I do. In everything I do, I teach people how to take the leap into themselves. Mm, and don't you, don't you believe that we teach what it is that we need to learn the most? Totally. Yeah. Totally. I do. I do believe that. And I think that we teach what we t- I, th- I think there's two parts to that. It's just coming through for me now. We teach what we most need to learn and then also... We, but sometimes we also need to become the person who can hold the vibration of a teaching. So it's not just like, oh, I really need to work on this thing. So I'm going to teach it as a way of self-actualizing it. It's no, I needed to do the fucking work to get here. And now that I have, I've earned my stripes. So I'm allowed to teach it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like, um, it's like true leadership, being able to go first. Yeah. And it's like, who am I to teach the thing before I've done the thing? Let me go mm-hmm. first. Yeah. There are so many, and there are so many angle. there are so many sides of that one coin too. Um, it can be. I'll go first, I'll check it out, I'll jump in the arena, I'll suss it out and I'll let you know if it's safe to come with me. Or it can be, I'm willing to put my voice to this first, but I want partners standing beside me right now who wants to join me. Or it can be, I'm 10 steps down the road and you look back over your shoulder and you're like, if you trust me, walk this way. Yeah. 
And I it's love even the idea just of being, like yeah, yeah, Go even ahead. just being that one step ahead. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah. I've taken this one step. You guys can come too. It's not like you have to learn the entirety of the thing. It's no. like, no, taking that one step and going first. No, yeah, exactly, and that's the beauty of building a vision together. And that's what gets us out of hierarchical leadership and it's more collaborative leadership, mm. which, you know, I'm so, so, just so passionate about. So, so hot on my heart is create, being in creation together, knowing yeah. that we're getting there together, knowing that every single person on this front line, like, you know, the front line of this mission or um, anyone in this ecology everyone knows their value in it. Everyone is, you know, it's like one part of that ecology is the tree that provides the oxygen for everyone. And someone else is the damp soil that provides the nutrients. Like everyone in that ecology is so vital, but the key is they have to know they're vital. And mm. if they give over their power to a leader, that actually disrupts that ecology a lot. Do you yeah. hear me? Like, mm. If someone's like, oh, yeah, I'm on this person's team and they're giving away all their power without saying, hey, I'm on this journey and this is who I've partnered with, like there's, there's an ownership that needs to happen there for collaborative leadership to thrive. And like leaders cannot be put on a pedestal. It needs to be an ecosystem. Mm. It's almost yeah. like I'll go first and I'll show you what it is to be a leader so that then you can step into your true leadership as well because everyone brings that unique strength to a team. And I mean, that's what the Young and Free podcast is about. It's about creating the health and wealth that's only possible when you step into your personal power. Mm -hmm. And well, I'd actually be interested to hear from you. What, what does personal power mean to you? My mental hero, Boga, says this so beautifully. She says, your power is your ability to create something. She's often also said like power is love in action. So I think that power, it's like when you apply, when you apply heat to the creative process, I mean, I could talk about this for hours, but your personal power is the currency of your inner resources, your personal power. And, and then maybe rather than talking about personal power, I can talk about what can sustain your personal power or top it up or protect it. So it's things like discernment, right? It's things like really beautiful sacred boundaries that protect your time, your energy, your sleep, your relationships, like boundaries that protect and nourish your relationships. We need to have a really clear understanding of what boundaries are too before we exercise them because boundaries are not about keeping people out or things out. It's about you honoring yourself by you upholding to your own boundaries. Um, protecting your power is no, like knowing, knowing when to walk away, knowing when to disengage, knowing when to lean in, knowing the difference between a yes and a no. But more than anything, I think that power is grossly misunderstood. So it's not what we think it is. It's not what we've been taught. It is, it is not inextricably linked to money or, or necessarily to politics. I mean, in the world of form, sure. You take that message to the mainstream, they'll spit in my face. 
right? They'll be like, what are you talking about? Those people do have the power. Those people are running the this and that. And on that world of form level, it's really hard to, to penetrate into the subtleties of power, which is we are the kings and queens of our own inner kingdom. And if we're receiving a certain amount of power every day or if we're generating from within us a certain amount of power through breath or food or the decisions, most of our power comes from what's happening in our mind, then like we're deciding where that's being distributed. And a lot of us are simply giving that power away to whatever is on the radio or the television or the magazines. We're giving that away when we're scrolling we're giving that away when we are indulging in emotions such as confusion, self-doubt, overwhelm. Indulging in them, you know, because these aren't states that just happen to us. Like we opt into them and they are a result of us giving our power away. So to restore our power or to really honour our power, we have to be mindful about what we're thinking about, what we're, what we're tuning into what we're allowing to penetrate our awareness and boundaries need to be created to protect your precious awareness. You know, like you're doing diamond club right now, darling in doTERRA. And my message for all diamond clubbers was not, this is a strategy to get your enrollments or this is a strategy to um, eat nutrition, you know, take care of your nutrition on the road. It was be, and forget about time management. It was manage your attention because whatever you put your attention on is either going to empower you or take or strip your power from you. And when you feel empowered, you are more energized, you are more creative. You know what it's like, you know, you're more inspired to move in the direction that you need to move into. Um, you're more attuned. You're more attuned to your incarnation and all that's being asked of you as a human right now, right here, right now. Mm. That was a tangent. <laughs> well, I feel like what you were saying there about boundaries and, you know, I am doing Diamond Club at the moment, which is a four month travel program where I'm, I'm basically doing essential oils on tour. I'm going around Australia, New Zealand, teaching a gazillion essential oils workshops. And hence I am actually recording this, podcast right now in my car because I'm just about to do another diamond well another essential oils workshop um but boundaries are so important I mean and it's being able to even um create those boundaries around uh the number of hours we're dedicating to certain things each day so yeah. for example I found out <laughs> that things were a bit of a bit out of balance for me on Monday when I woke up and I had really bad tonsillitis. Okay. And so I had really red swollen tonsils with white spots and I just woke up Monday morning and it was there. So usually right. if I feel like I'm getting a bit of a sore throat, I can use, you know, my essential oils and I can nip it in the bud before it even turns into anything. But this time just woke up and it was there. And I was like, Oh, like, what is this trying to tell me? And so I used my oils to support me. And so that was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, totally gone, mm -hmm. which shocked, yeah, which shocked the people around me. They were like, Anna, you really have to go to the doctor, especially because you're about to start traveling everywhere. 
And I was like, no, I've got trust that it's going to work. <laughs> and then two yeah. days and I was like, whoa, and I've had tonsillitis in the past. It does not go away in two days. So yeah, it was just oh, the best amazing. experience. But yeah. on Tuesday evening, I was like, there's a reason why this is happening. And I, so Monday, Tuesday, I did nothing because I knew I had to rest and restore. And yeah. when I say I did nothing, I mean, I just created so much space. Usually my Mondays and Tuesdays are filled with a lot of, you know, masculine energy. I'm doing a lot of work on the laptop, the computer, you know, getting it done kind of thing. And sure. my body was crying out for this space. So on the, and so what I ended up doing with this space that I created, I was watching comedy. I was writing poetry. I was watching videos on YouTube about how to be a screenwriter. Like the creativity just started to flow. And on Tuesday night, I'm a big believer in Louise Hay and what she has to say about how, you know, our emotions are linked to what physically shows up in our bodies. And mm -hmm. the tonsils were about not expressing our creativity. Yeah. And I was, and then I was like, whoa, I've just spent two days creating this space. And with yeah. that space, I've just let my creativity run wild and it felt so good. Yeah, I love that. You, those were some sacred boundaries. So like think of boundaries as a container. That was a container that you created in your life so that you could get your needs met. Mm. Not, just your, not just your survival needs, but your creative needs, the subtle needs of your energy body. Yeah. I think that's a really beautiful example. You know, one of mine is that I don't get on Instagram before I've sat and received my soul for the morning. Like, I just don't do that. I, one of my boundaries is I don't work at night unless I'm in a launch. Um, and something that I often share, because I just want to circle back, because a lot of people often misunderstand boundaries. So boundaries isn't about saying to someone, don't do this. Like, for instance, if you said to your team, don't contact me after 8 o'clock at night, that's you trying to control people. That's not a boundary. That's So instead it would be a boundary would be I'm turning my phone on airplane mode at 8 o'clock at night. Mm. Like I'm out of business. Do you know what I mean? So it's more that's that's our real work in terms of power and boundaries. It's... Can my behavior reflect the love that I have for my own well-being? Mm. Yeah. And it's taking ownership for that instead of putting it back onto others and being like, oh, well, I told you to do this. That is what you should have done. Instead, yeah, it's exactly. like, you know, I've got to own that. Yeah. Um, and I've, that's one of the things I really admire in you is that, you know, you have this softness and spiritual energy about you, but then you can also go fully into entrepreneurial, like fiery, badass businesswoman. Um, how, how do you like even do that throughout a day? Like, how do you, you know, you're, you're spiritual and then you're like on fire. <laughs> so, like, there's something that happens in the middle. Like, what is this? Ah, uh, we're going to get nebulous here, but so I am, this comes back to collaborative leadership, but in a really different way. I believe that I am in partnership with my work. So that, that, that 
that morning is such a time for me to connect into the truest essence of who I am. It's a time for me to come into presence and it's a time for me to create in the realms, you know, in the other dimensions to just close my eyes and go there. And then, you know, today was a really beautiful example of that. I was working a little bit on Rebels of Light and then I can feel, so I'm in partnership with Rebels of Light. Rebels of Light is not just my program that I'm launching. It's not just something that I'm marketing. She has her own life force. And the more that I receive this work and the more that I understand that I am a chalice and the voice of it and the face of it, but I am not it, it she brings out characteristics in me. So for instance, Rebels of Light, is so incredibly loving, but she's very penetrative. So like when people are receiving a transmission, they're like, they really feel it. Like they feel like, wow, this, this is different. Um, my podcast feels like just caramel. It's like my podcast, when I go into the sauna, which is where I record it, because I'm in relationship with the podcast, I know it's not just me doing the thing. It's I'm in partnership here. So my podcast, I feel so centered and present and playful and curious. And when I listen back, when we're going through the editing process, I'm like, it sounds like every single word was scripted like a poem and it, and it, and it wasn't, but it's because I'm connecting in with the essence of that. And then with Team Bliss, with doTERRA, that's so fun because like there's this energy that comes through because... I need to be a voice for 50,000 people all of a sudden. So it's, it's, it's a more of an energy that can really see people and allow them to feel seen and acknowledged, but also to command a certain energy so that they remember how capable they are. That would be my answer. And I know that that's not necessarily helpful, um, but I understand my role in the ecology of my business which is to be a voice for each of these separate visions because Rebels of Light has a vision. My podcast, Sounds Like Bliss, has a vision. Teen Bliss has a vision in partnership with doTERRA. And so that's why I can come and go. It's because I'm an instrument. And when I'm being played by these collaborators of mine, by these entities, by these beings, I am enlivened. Nothing's being taken from me. I feel so grateful and full to be able to do that. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And but it, I, oh, go ahead. You go. And yet, having said that, I think that there are certain energies, like I have to use boundaries to protect my time too. So, for example, in the morning, I'm more creative. So I wouldn't come into that energy of being in my back office or looking at too many numbers or being on too many calls because I need to protect that part of my day where I know each of my energies thrive. So that's the more practical answer to your question is I need to know in what energy I can show up and what part of the day so I can be effective. And what would your advice be to those people who at this stage don't, you know, they may have just finished university, they're in the workforce, they're wanting to create something more um, powerful, collaborative, something that fills them up on the side and eventually be able to go into that full time. Um, but they also have these periods during the day where they have to do something that they 
to not enjoy and they're not in partnership with it. <laughs> they're like just there getting it done. And I know, I mean, for you, you've worked as a bungee jump person, <laughs> a bartender, a hairdresser. Um, yeah. I don't know. You did Kundalini yoga, like so many different things. Um, yeah. So you, yeah. So, I mean, you know what it would feel like to do things that maybe weren't in, you weren't in that highest energetic state. So what would you say to those Enjoy. people? You have to follow the breadcrumbs and you have to be patient. At no point, if I look back and connect those dots, at no point was I like, I need to figure this out immediately. I was like, I'm interested in this thing right now, so I'm going to explore it. I'm interested in this thing right now, so I'm going to explore it. And that breadcrumb at the, t- like looking back, it was a breadcrumb, but at the time it was a, it was a shining light. It was a North star. It was, Hey, I'm really inspired to get my hands in people's hair and be creative. I'm going to be a hairdresser. And then that taught me how to be present to people and to listen to their stories. And it taught me a lot about humanity, especially freaking women. Um, and then, hey, this isn't work. I want to. I want to support people on a deeper level. And I'm really into my fitness at the moment. I'm going to be a personal trainer. I'm going to study that. Okay, well, this is really great, but mm, there's something deeper here. Oh, I'm going to study yoga. And every single time, so the breadcrumb is everything. The breadcrumb is everything. So there's that. But not only that, there are opportunities these days, such as network marketing, where you can bring the whole of who you are and if there's a product out there if there's a network marketing company that has a product that behaves as though it's a breadcrumb for you what i love about that is that you can step towards it and you can explore it and you can anchor into something real and tangible alongside a community because remember me i was trying to find my community out here in spaces and places that that were no good for me but what I love about what's being created in the network marketing environment now is we have like-mindedness that's in the highest good of all and I love that the millennials are really embracing that industry I think it's really beautiful be really in awe of and satisfied with and still insatiably curious when it comes to these breadcrumbs to everyone listening because You can't cross the river unless you look down and you see one stone. You know, that's got to be enough for today. And then tomorrow you'll be dissatisfied and that's so awesome and that's so good. So, you know, if you want to be in partnership with something, something that you could really, if you want to tap into that energy I was talking about before, is ask for it. Because a few years ago when I was in Japan snowboarding, It was a new moon and I asked for it. I said, I'm ready to work with the community at such a deep level. I don't want my work to be all about me. I want to work with people. I want to help people free themselves. And I would like some support and structure because at the moment I'm the bottleneck of my business and this isn't working. And the next day I bought a home essentials kit in doTERRA and the business opportunity was in front of my face. And I was like, I can partner with this. Ask for what you desire, have the courage and be content with breadcrumbs. Mm. They'll take you a long way. Yeah. And I feel like just before I dove fully into my doTERRA business, 
um, I was studying at university and also teaching at university. Um, and mm. then I had my health coaching practice on the side and I could feel that um, stepping into doTERRA, like it just felt like the breadcrumb that I had to follow. But at the same time, that wasn't, it's not like that was not coupled with like massive fear and resistance and, oh my God, should I be doing this? This seems like a really silly thing to do. Um, what are other people going to think about this decision? I've been on this path for so long and now I'm just like stepping off it. Um, yeah. I've planned yeah. for the next 50 years to go this way and now I'm going this way. Um, yeah. You know, so at the same time that I was like, yes, I have to follow this. There was also this massive part of like, ah, oh, don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a pretty, that's a pretty awesome sweet spot you've got there. If that's what's going on in your interior, you lit up. I always say people trust the goosebumps, even if it's followed by like a scream of terror, you know, um, because that fear that's okay. Sure. It's your ego, but it's also the collective, the voice of the collective, isn't it? Being like, no, that's not living up to the standard trajectory that you're supposed to take. And no, you've got to remain as one of us and take it's, it's that collective voice, that echo in the back of your mind. Um, but if you're in that sweet spot of anticipation and trepidation, I would give yourself a pat on the back. I mean, we've heard it all before. You can't, you, you, everything exists on the other side of that line of comfort. Like there's nothing that I can say here that like nobody's heard before. Everything worthwhile is uphill. Anything, you know, of beauty, anything lasting of beauty is going to challenge you like all all of these things that we could say but if those goosebumps show up first take heed and lean in and this is when just to circle back to the top of our conversation there's that part of you that steps in as like i've got you i've got you mm -hmm. we will figure this out and it's like where the voice like your inner voice the voice of the individual rises above that voice of the collective which is trying to pull you down and which brings us back to rebellion mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and so i know that you are you're the <laughs> like poster girl <laughs> for rebellion um and at this point in time, you're just about to launch your Rebels of Light course. So what does it mean to rebel with light and to guide these women into, well, back to themselves? Yeah. Rebelling with light is so many things. It's restoring what would be divine order in the areas and aspects of ourselves and our lives where human order has sent us so devastatingly off track. Uh, rebelling with light is restoring our personal sense of power. It's learning and embodying and being in the practice of being in right relationship with everything else that makes up the ecology of our life. Um, which means that you can, update all of the agreements of the relationships in your life. You can, um, I teach these women how to implement and practice energy hygiene tools, which help to unearth the clarity that will start making you pay attention to the things that you've been 
labeling is very inconvenient to look at. And then once you have that courage to look at the things that aren't working, now you have tools to be able to navigate this, the tools to do hard things, to have hard conversations in order to bring in divine order, you know, because when we are out of alignment with our soul's purpose on this earth, it is painful for us and it is painful for the world. Like everything that is personal is political at this point. And if we want a world that is more harmonious and a world that truly, when we look around and we really see love, then every part of our inner self that we're hating or berating or that we're offering self-judgment to, like we actually need to learn how to practically offer tenderness and love to all of these parts of ourselves so that we can be the world that we want to believe in, you know, so that we can be the world that we want to see. So I'm coming at this question from a lot of different angles because it's just coming through hard and fast, but rebelling with light is breaking the bonds of culture and creating a future from a place of creation rather than just flat out chaos. Now, that's not to say there's never going to be chaos because rebellion as an energy, it's very creative, but it's also very destructive. So when you activate this rebellion, this rebellious energy within you, you will have an awareness on where to break things down in your life with love. And that's exactly what I did with my marriage last year. Rebels of Light guided me to end my marriage, which sounds, you know, which it could sound very devastating but because I was given the tools through the content on how to navigate my inner world and because I became aware of the cost of what it would mean to myself and my community and the world if I stayed engaged in something that was not in alignment with either of our souls there's only one way forward so rebels of light and rebelling with light teaches you what your one way forward is what your plan A is, which is not my plan A, but it teaches these, um, the, these pillars of sovereignty. What does it mean to be the queen of your kingdom? What does it mean to live fully empowered? What does it mean to have thriving relationships that are healthy, not focused on hooks and conditions and popularity and all this stuff what does it mean to be in a sovereign relationship with time and technology that's rebelling with light it's not about flipping the bird and getting tattoos and you know shot in tequila it's about truly finally and fully being you which is the deepest work you'll ever do yeah yeah um i feel like yeah, that's, it's all just landing on me. <laughs> all of your words yeah. just fluttering down. Um, well, I just spewed a lot out at you there. It just sort of came blah. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like just being able to fully step into who we are, fully step into our power, um, mm -hmm. which is what, what, this is what this life is all about. Like, what is, totally. what is the purpose of a life? <laughs> It's like, how can, how can we have the most fun? Like, how can we experience the most joy? How can we have the most fulfilling relationships um, with those around us, but also with ourselves? Totally. And, 
Yeah, that that's what I heard from what you were saying just then. Yeah, and like how can we surprise and delight ourselves with who we become every day? Mm. You know, like how can we just be so surprised by what's within us when we consciously discern and unravel ourselves from culture conditioning? That is so wonderful when you can look in the mirror and go, who are you? This is fun. I missed you, but who are you? At the same time, oh, there you are, but who? <laughs> but it's so nice when you can surprise yourself with you, with yourself. Yeah. I'm capable of that. I did that thing. I'm doing this thing right now. I'm actually doing this. Mm. Wow. And I feel like yeah. that always happens either when you sink into vulnerability or you're pushing those boundaries of your comfort zone. Yeah. Like when you're feeling that discomfort, that's when the juicy stuff happens. Yeah, totally. And, you know, something that we teach a lot in Rebel of, Rebels of Light is because, because this world is moving so fast, we teach people how to have really powerful experiences in stillness. Mm. Energy precedes matter, friends. There's no getting around it. Yeah. And so I'm very interested in teaching women how to live rich, energetic lives that just create magic here in the world of form. Like I just want people to get in the Play-Doh and make stuff out of their <laughs> lives. But it starts within. Yeah. Yeah. When, you, when you're in alignment and you're just feeling that high vibe energy, that's when, yeah, everything just feels amazing. Everything flows and life is good. Yeah, and that, and imagine feeling fully supported whilst you are grieving. Mm. So imagine that, right? Or feeling fully supported whilst your heart is breaking or feeling fully supported and loved and taken care of whilst you're navigating pain. Mm. So we can talk about the high vibe stuff, which is definitely the fastest, lightest way to create. But imagine knowing that even if it's grief, loss, pain, despair, divorce, that you are still cherished by the great beloved, that you are still okay, that you are still so capable, that you are still so emotionally resilient. Yeah. We are so powerful, but that's what we've got to do. We've got to tap into it. We've got to know our power and step into that. Um, yeah. Oh, it's so it's always so fun talking to you. You just you just turn on all the lights in my house. <laughs> Yay! It's all about the light. <laughs> turn those lights on. Yes. Thank you so much for joining me. For like, we were like, oh yeah, we'll just do a thirty-minute chat just like get it out an hour later <laughs> i know i know so easy thank you i really enjoyed the flow and how this whole thing went down and it's just nice to rumble with you yeah it was awesome and i will put links to all the ways that you can connect with tara um thank you. you know in the show notes those yeah that's it that's what it's called the show notes <laughs> that's what they call them <laughs> yeah i get it i get it in, in the blog post <laughs> Yeah. All right. Awesome. Um, you have an awesome, awesome day and I will talk to you super soon, I'm sure. I'll come visit you All on right. the Gold Coast. Yeah, honey. Come on over. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye now.
So I hope you enjoyed that episode, um, really diving deep into personal power and I hope you take that advice on board. Um, if you're feeling any fear or resistance towards transitioning to a new life path or following your next passion project, I hope that has given you some inspiration to just take that next step and follow the breadcrumbs. I would be so, so grateful if you uh, jumped over to iTunes and left a review. Any reviews, they actually help this podcast to be seen by more people. Same thing with downloads. If you are happy to download these episodes to your phone, I would be so, so grateful. And that is it for me for this for this day. <laughs> I hope to talk to you super soon in the next episode of the Young and Free podcast. Hope you are having an awesome day and I'll talk to you soon. Bye friends.